welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics Dedicated Blue Jackets podcast. Aaron Porton on a snowy Friday in Columbus, joined by Allison Lucan. Hey. And not joined by Tom Reed, who is, I believe, in Mississauga, Ontario, somewhere at that Toronto airport, trying to get his way back to Ohio. Mr. I Love Winter. I wonder if he's having second thoughts now. Uh, news in the NHL just moments ago, we can pass along the Penguins and the Florida Panthers swing a sizable trade. Derek Broussard and Ryan Sheehan to Florida for Nick Bookstad and uh, Jared McGinn. A, uh, and also, the Penguins send a, a second-round pick and two fourth-round picks to the Panthers. So... That's interesting, um, and I believe that that is – I'm not sure all four guys were playing center, but that is a four-center trade. Woo. Um, yeah, right. You wonder – I mean, certainly there was talk that Columbus had sniffed around on Broussard. I'm not sure Broussard stays in Florida long, to be honest with you. Um, that team is 10, 11 points out. And Blue Jackets have sniffed around with Broussard. Certainly it'll be easier for Columbus to make a trade with Florida than it would be to make them with uh, a Metro rival Pittsburgh. So uh, big news there. Maybe that'll jar some things loose. There are a lot of names available this year. It's not like deadlines passed where you, it got uh, a little disappointing. Lots going on with the Blue Jackets. So much Bob, so much bread. I think there's been a lot out there. Uh, I'm not sure what's changed, frankly, since Tuesday that we would need to discuss. Um, I would urge you to, to go look at theathletic.com uh, and all of the Blue Jackets content there. And we, we had a post yesterday, almost a 2,000-word post, with some of the ins and outs of the background, the, the insights, the sort of the wrinkles that maybe uh, you hadn't thought of previously regarding uh, the Blue Jackets and possibly trading uh, Sergei Bobrovsky and or Artemi Panarin. Uh, the Blue Jackets lose a tough one last night in Winnipeg, four to three. I, my, I mean, that's more. It's a much more heartbreaking loss than the game against Buffalo on Tuesday, but it it was reassuring in the sense that they played uh, really, really well. I thought at times, um, much better certainly than they did against Buffalo. Not a clean game yet. I still feel like they're trying to find themselves. Allison, agreed? Yeah, and I think, I mean, it's it must be mentioned that they had a little bit of a hiccup there in the lineup late <laughs> um, without Cam Atkinson I, and without Boone Jenner, obviously, which who had also missed Buffalo. But, you know, there was, there was only, what, 23, 24 seconds of Anthony Duclair. Right. Um, line changes going all over the place. It was just a it was just a weird game, and, and I I did my initial reaction was though that I do agree I think they deserved a better fate, particularly because as Tom outlined in his piece from last night the 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 game hung on on a questionable call in my opinion. Yeah, questionable call to stop play. Correct. Yes, and that's I mean Tom wrote a nice piece today about all of the all of all of those issues and plus what it means to the Blue Jackets. Um, for those of you who didn't see it, a Zach Wierenski shot, of all people, hits Chris Tanev of Winnipeg, hits him in the back. Tanev goes down face first on the ice, hands on his head, 
and play is immediately stopped. Now, Tanev didn't have a stick before that. The Jets were down, uh, killing a penalty. Columbus had the zone. And so with Tanev going down, um, it was essentially a five-on-three. The rule book says that play can be stopped immediately if a serious injury is believed to have occurred. Otherwise, it's supposed to go until uh, the defending team gets the puck back or the team with the injured player gets the puck back. Um, and, of course, this hits home with the Blue Jackets because of what happened to Wierenski in the playoffs against Pittsburgh a couple of years ago where he is uh, struck in the face by a puck, is bleeding on the ice, play continues, Pittsburgh scores. They got it wrong there. They got it wrong again last night. And there's great confusion as to what players should expect. It, and also you could say that Tanev in that moment could have wisely sold a greater injury because of the situation. Down 5-4 and one of the guys has no stick. So kind of down 5 to 3.5 if you will. Maybe some gamesmanship by the Jets. Uh, and then the Blue Jackets give up the late goal to, to suffer the loss. Yeah, I mean, and, and the minute it happened, and of course, like you said, for it to be Zach Wierenski of all people, <laughs> right? I mean, it's the issue is that the the non call against Wierenski, the non stoppage with when Wierenski was injured, is the actual infuriating part, right? If that had happened, I don't know that this is as annoying, but you know, and at the same time, you can't let in the late goal, so. Just a, it was interesting. I saw some people um, call the game a collapse. I don't know if that's really what it was. I think it was more just an edged out um, on the margins and a, and a game where one team capitalized on mistakes and one did not. Yeah. And we should say Winnipeg's a hell of a hockey oh, team. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Team, and they could, go, they could go quite deep as they have uh, the last couple of years. Um, I think the, the news yesterday, I was surprised. It, John Tortorella can be unpredictable. We know this. Um, I was really surprised with his his uh, demeanor uh, yesterday morning after the morning skate, um, where I think someone may have used the word center and just said, John, your centers. Boom, I have one center. <laughs> uh, he couldn't wait to unload on his centers. We wondered when the breaking point would go. And... I mean, it's we, we talk about how it's amazing that they've kept it together this long with all of the Bob and Brad stuff going on. It's incredible that they've kept it going as long as they have with essentially no Wenberg. Yeah, other than killing penalties and maybe it being a solid defensive player, he's had no impact. He's had very little impact on a lot of games this year. Um, Riley Nash, a guy they signed as a free agent, because they thought he could play higher in the lineup should Dubinsky not be ready or not be able to play uh, anymore. And here he is unable really to get off the fourth line. And frankly, some nights you wonder why that is, is his, is his right to just keep playing despite his struggles and his lack of, of um, production. They moved Boone Jenner, who is not an NHL center by trade. They moved him to the middle and they've just kind of patchworked it. Um, I'm not sure they think Brandon Dubinsky can play in the middle anymore. If they did, I think he would have been there by now because he's played mostly the wing this year, and they don't, they clearly don't feel great playing him uh, in the middle. 
this team needs a at least a center, maybe two badly. And I'm not sure what they can do with Wenberg. It's not like other teams don't know what's going on. It's not like other teams don't realize he hasn't scored in 30-plus games. Um, but that, that's a position that they have to fix before this team can really take flight. Is that fair, Allison? Oh, absolutely. And, that, you know, that was that was even, you know, you illustrated that this big trade that just happened was a whole bunch of centers. And that's what yeah. raised my eyes when the first news broke that Broussard was, was moving. And, and maybe he's still moving, um, as you said. But it, it's... It's crazy to me just the lack of play down the middle. And, and you know, I I look at a stat called game score that kind of tries to evaluate how much a player contributes to a game. It leverages a lot more of the traditional stats that we think about, goals, points, blocks, face-off wins, things like that. And the, the bottom two for the last month are Riley Nash and Brandon Dubinsky. You know, and that's that's two of your quote unquote natural centers. Um, right. That's a concern. Third to last is Lucas Sedlak, and and as you were illustrating, and you know what is going on when Riley Nash, who I was extremely high on coming to the organization this offseason, Lucas Sedlak is playing above Riley Nash when they're right. looking to fill down the middle. Um, it's just it's nuts, and you know Wenberg is the lightning rod for it all, but I think it's because. He he is the one who, with this organization, with this team, has shown such a different side of play. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't – and again, it bleeds into the question of, of how they're handling Duclair too because that's a player who we know has made some defensive mistakes but also has a high offensive upside. Um, and he didn't see the ice last night either. So right. it, it, it's just – it's a curious situation. And yes, they absolutely need to figure this out. Um, they say Jenner could be out up to three weeks, and I don't know that this team likes that kind of a time frame without him in the lineup, given what's going on with their quote unquote centers. Right. So you got to move maybe Felino to the middle. Oh. Right. And here it is again. It's what uh, it's the reason you signed Riley Nash, and you're still back to to square one. I just don't know what you can do with Wenberg. At, was he making four six? Something like that. So, you know, where does the line form for a guy making four and a half million bucks a year that has one goal in his last 50 some games? I mean, whew. Yeah. And it's, it's, what's crazy is that, you know, Torts has said he's an incredibly good defensive center. And, yep. you know, even going into this year, you could make a better argument for how he was playing in an underlying way. He was driving offense. He was in the top 20% in terms of driving shots for the team, preventing shots against. So, so you could make an argument there, right, that he's helping drive play, even if he's not the actual person scoring. But even all those measures are down this year. And that's that's just, it's confounding. It's, it's I doubt he's happy about it, but it's just a confounding situation. Yeah, and you wonder, I mean, you, people from the outside are always saying, Whenever a Blue Jackets player goes into the tank or struggles or whatever, it's because he hates Tortorella. Right. Tortorella doesn't like him. I do think there's there's a legitimate question there of maybe this kid just can't play or doesn't doesn't respond to the motivation that Tortorella uses that so many other players do respond to. Maybe he has just turned it off. 
Um, because, you know, the, there was speculation last year for a while. And, and I think Winberg either wouldn't address it or acted like it, it was um, totally not true, but that the concussions had sort of freaked him out to the point where he didn't feel comfortable going into the quote-unquote hard areas anymore. Right. Um, I, there's just a general listness, listlessness of his play that is baffling. You, you would think a guy that has struggled as hard as he has struggled it would show you like an undeniable level of effort on a nightly basis. A, a, as you know, like Duclair did in Minnesota where you're like, whoa, like he's, he's, he's not really accomplishing a lot. It's just that kind of game for him, but he is going hard and you can't miss him. Um, and we just haven't seen that from, from Winberg. They have to be really, really concerned about that. And I would think at this trade deadline, as tough as it'll be to lose Panarin, if the if the significant piece if there is a significant piece either in directly in the Panarin trade or as a response to to the Panarin trade, if it is a top six sentiment, if they get Matt Duchesne, a say in that swap, or even a Braden Shen, who I I've liked from afar for a while, if they can swing something like that and just balance this team out a little bit. I think it certainly softens the blow for them losing Panarin, but it also gives them stability with their lines uh, because what, what's going on down the middle right now is just not is not working. No, absolutely, and you know it's it it it's going to be interesting to me too in this conversation with Boone Jenner out. How is Mark Letestu leveraged? Right, because this is a this is a center who came back to Columbus last year at the deadline and I'm sure in the player's opinion wasn't used as much as he could have been by Tortorella. He was, he was playing a lot like Dubinsky has on some key face-offs, take the face-off, win the face-off, skate to the bench for another forward to take the place. Um, But I I think he didn't look out of place last night. Um, And I'll be curious to see if he comes in. Now that doesn't solve your, your C1 and C2 problem. Um, but it does help bolster the, the bottom half of that forward lineup. Yeah, I watched them in the early going last night. I thought Latesta looked really good. He was winning face-offs. Yeah. There were times where I I think there was not much there, and he did well to get the puck deep. And I was thinking to myself, oh, man, he's like he's not going anywhere, is he? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Or, well, he's going to play probably more, min- <clears throat> excuse me, more minutes than people think, isn't he? And I don't think he did. I mean, he was, um, I don't know what he ended up with, like eight and a half minutes or something. Let's see. You keep talking. I'll look it up here. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I just keep thinking there's a role there maybe for him. And, you know, that it's weird because they've got Zach Dalpy down in, in uh, Cleveland, or up in Cleveland, however you want to look at it, who's having a, got off to a career start. Um, I don't know if, if he's the answer. I don't know that there's anything in, in Cleveland – that is, I mean, Stenlin, I think, is going to be a player, but there's, there's nobody ready right now to make an NHL impact, which is why I think it's got to be something that's taken care of um, sometime between now and February 25th. That's an urgent matter for me because um, even in the organization, I don't think there's a player that's coming within the next year that's going to change them up front. And it, I don't know how much longer you go with Wenberg just expecting it to change, get back to where it was somehow, or before you just say, you know, this isn't going to happen. 
um, and resign him to a third or a fourth line role. It's brutal. Brutal. It is. It is. Uh, so Blue Jackets host the St. Louis Blues tomorrow night. Um, Allison, I can't figure, you know, there are times throughout the season, and it's been easy here the last couple of years, where you're like, I, I would think Bobrovsky starts this. And you can get into sort of rhythm where you f- kind of feel where the coach is going. Tortorella is is throwing change-ups right now, and we're sitting on fastballs. <laughs> I can't I can't dig in and get a read on the goalie. Oh, no. But it's, it, it, I thought Bob was pretty good last night in Winnipeg. Yeah. I mean, he was – It I, I thought he was – I mean, he was, he was no worse than his opponent in the other net on the other end of the ice. Um, and he was actually, I thought, I, you know, I agree. And it was, it was funny in, in your recap of the Buffalo game, there were a lot of comments that Bob didn't look great, but Bob actually played quite well, given what was happening in front of him. Yeah. Um, he, his save percentage was 5.5% above what it should have been based on the shots he was facing in that Buffalo game. Um, but it, which, you know, the bigger lesson here is of course, you really have to understand the position and, and what's happening in front of them to evaluate a goaltender. Um, but I, I have no idea what's going on. I think that there's certainly been a degree of inconsistency to Bob's game this season that we haven't seen before. Right. Um, and I don't know, you, know, you outlined this too. I don't know how you approach this strategically. Do you try and get Bob back in shape because you're going to ride him because you don't know that a trade's going to play out? Do you push Corpusalo because you really need to see what he looks like in this position? It's, it's, it's confounding. You, you, you've got to balance playing time between the two, right? You've got to look at the opponent. I mean, it's just, it's, if someone made me say game in and game out, who's going to start net, I'd probably get it wrong 80% of the time right now. I think you want to keep Bob active because teams teams are going to want a goalie that's at least warm when sure. they acquire him. For sure. I think I think it's more important for the Blue Jackets to find out about Corpusalo than it is to worry about Bob's reputation. I think Bob's reputation is fairly well established. Um, so you know, I guess that's why I'm saying I don't understand why Bob has started both of these games out of the out of the shoot, out of practice. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just weird. So we, we, we wonder if Latesto stays in, we don't think Boone's going to be with him for a week to, to three weeks. A laceration Oof. on ankle became infected. Brutal. This must have become infected while he was away on the break. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, it, how else? And, and gosh, what a just, what a just gnarly! Ugh, I, I think back to when it was Dubinsky. Remember who had his cut on his elbow? I think it was infected, and yeah, I just nothing about that sounds pleasant at all. No, and it's weird how these things can come on you pretty fast. Yeah, uh, it is because the day that uh, that uh, Dubinsky's elbow basically uh, swelled to a grotesque. You worry about compartment syndrome with yes. some of these. Yes. Um, but he skated that morning in Pittsburgh and was seemingly fine, and then woke up from his nap with his arm looked like a thigh. Apparently, um, ugh, I know. So you wonder where how this presented, as doctors say, to Boone. Uh, but that's that's not good. I mean, you know, we, we we talk about Boone and his his offensive struggles. The guy deserves significant credit for stepping in the middle of the ice and never complaining about it. 
um, and kind of giving them at least some sort of stability down the middle. But I mean, this, if he's out three weeks and they're riding one center, um, boy, they, they could, they could quickly fall out of this thing. Um, I think you have a tendency, uh, in this league or when you're in the position that the blue jackets are to only look up. And so, yeah, wild card standings. Yeah, sure. The blue jackets are right there. They got the eighth spot, but boy, you look down and there's Buffalo three points back, Carolina, five points back. Uh, and suddenly there is close to falling out of the playoffs or closer to falling out of the playoffs than they are uh, taking the lead in the Metro, which they held not long ago. Um, tell me where you think this stands with Anthony Duclair, Allison, because I'll be honest with you, I didn't, I didn't, obviously nobody who, who saw that play liked that play. It was a strange sort of keep in yeah. uh, for the wrong team. Yeah. That led to goal. I didn't like Kukan's play on that either. Uh, and he was in the lineup for Nudovara. I, I don't know that I like just stapling him to the bench for all but one shift. And um, apparently he moved to the middle of the bench at one point to start the second period and was told, no, 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 go down to the end of the bench. <sighs> Brutal. You're not playing. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where it's going. I, if, it's a, if it's a mental mistake, I almost I don't like burying a guy. Because now that just leads to complete overthinking. But I do understand Tortorella's frustration. But anyways, your thoughts on that situation? Yeah, I mean, you know, we know that this is a player that doesn't have a a bank account of trust with Torts, as Torts has said. But I – and not a coach, but I I didn't care for it either. Um, I think when you espouse that this is a game of mistakes and that this is a – situation where you want offensive players to be able to try things again i didn't like that play but just as you said i didn't like kukan's play on that goal either and he went he went right back in um i if you want to staple that player for a period okay um but the entirety of the game um i didn't i didn't i wouldn't agree with that choice and and why not let the kid go out and take one more loop and then if there's another mistake, then maybe there's an object lesson there. But it wasn't my favorite call. And I think that particularly with that kind of a player, I think it's just a, a waste of a spot to have him just sit there the whole time. Right. So then you got Artemi our, our Panarin playing almost 26 minutes. Incredible. Which is insane for a forward in a regulation game. Looked it up last night. I think uh, – let me see where this is. I think it was like the seventh or eighth most – Minutes ever played, 25-52. It was the seventh most minutes ever played by a Blue Jackets forward in a non-overtime game. Wow. And this goes back to Ray Whitney was was uh, four of those. Mike Sillinger and Todd Marchand all played more. Um, but that is – that's that's crazy. Um, and I don't think Brett looked as great as he can be last night either. Um yeah, they're they're kind of a team that's kind of a mess right now. They've lost four in a row. I don't think four of them I don't think all of them are, are bad performances like Buffalo, but they've they've got to get this uh corrected. They've got the blues at home on Saturday. The one thing you, you again you tend to look up and not down. Suddenly the blues who have just had a horrific season, um, 
well, my gosh, they're three points out of the playoffs only. It's kind of crazy. So they've got a lot to play for the Blues. Uh, they're actually playing pretty well right now. Yeah. So that would behoove the Blue Jackets to be ready to go at home. Uh, any final thoughts from you, Allison, as we wrap it up on a snowy Friday here? Yeah, no, I, I, this uh, this schedule did not do them any favors. Um, like we said, Winnipeg's a tough opponent, and I think that's that's going to be a key here too, is not letting the schedule making rattle the brain more than the focus on the play, right? Yeah. Because they're they're at Colorado, and then they're at Arizona, at Vegas, and then they come home and have Washington and the Islanders back to back. So they've got to get back to the focus on their play that they've shown us they can have um, because this is a tough stretch and I can accept the four losses in, in context of what's happened, but they've got to, they've got to belly up here because it's, it's time. Yeah. And they may need help. Yeah. Being honest, they, they may need help to, to belly up. Yep. So this is a big month for uh Yermo Kekalainen, for sure. I wonder if he waits till February 25th with all that he has to do. But I think even I think there's more reason than not to to get going before the 25th because there are a lot of moves that the Blue Jackets um, may be facing that would require sort of follow up moves or for sure. we'll do this and then do this and those can take time to throw together. Um, but anyways, so thanks for listening to us, folks. It's uh, Friday. It's February 1st already. We'll be with you on Tuesday. Who knows what may have happened by Tuesday. Hopefully Tom got home. Yeah, maybe Tom will be home. I'll be in Denver uh, for the the start of that trip. And we will talk to you then. Thanks for reading the site. Uh, Thanks for checking in with us. And we'll talk to you all later. 